0: Hello and welcome to series four, episode three of the Property Empress podcast. I'm Drew, one of your co-hosts, and with me today is the star of the show, (laughs) Anna.
1: Hello, hello. It's exciting.
0: Episode episode.
1: three, and we hopefully can actually hear you this time.
0: (laughs) Well good news i've got a new microphone Yay! literally just got a new microphone it came tonight yeah. and we're recording this in the evening and it must have been here less than an hour so i've been frantically unboxing and plugging things in and uh, do you know it's quite straightforward really
1: <laughs> i don't know why i
0: waited so long but yeah it's good so hopefully the sound issues from last week um from our first two episodes have been resolved now you can hear me Um, You can already hear I know, which is obviously the more important one anyway. (laughs) Um, And we can get on with our show today, which if anyone remembers what we were talking about last week, we will be discussing the best and worst property strategies to implement in 2023. So as we know, it's been a up and down market this year. And some things that perhaps you would have tried 12 months ago, maybe don't work now. But we will be going into a bit of a deep dive into that a bit later on. I'm sure you've got some insights into that, haven't you?
1: You know, after a long period of record-breaking low interest rates and then three or four years of booming prices, it's a completely different market. We're going to kind of go, what works for this market and what just <clears throat> doesn't work?
0: Well, there's plenty of strategies. I'm sure you've been listening for long enough now to know how how many different directions you can go in property. We're really too spending the time today looking into what what we think personally is the best and it is just our opinion which kind of brings us on
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. rather
0: neatly <laughs> to a little incident that we had this week on the back of last week well opening podcast it was episode one wasn't it we were talking well, about well episode
1: Mark. one was welcome drew <coughs> episode, oh, yes. two episode two episode was something to do. a market update property yes. market update and of course bearing in mind we don't record these Bear in mind they go out Monday morning, eight o'clock. Spoiler, we don't record these at eight o'clock. We don't go live, you know, we record it in advance. We edit the videos badly sometimes as it turns out. (laughs) And then drop the video. So literally the video drops eight o'clock on Monday. And then that night-
0: What did you find? That
1: night, the mortgages went bananas. Like, so basically they put the base rates up like I think it was less than three weeks before the podcast dropped and everyone was saying pretty much what we were saying last week and then in the few days run up to the podcast dropping the experts suddenly became very divided and the market Mm. became very unsettled so anyway um so yeah it was an interesting so when I dropped the marketing Mm. for the podcast for last week's podcast a few people had a few choice things to say which is absolutely fine and I just pointed out no one knows i literally phoned my mortgage broker and just said you know just curious as to what your thoughts are. and he went well no one knows
0: with the TikToks, it's a minute maybe three minute snippet exactly. of a well that was about a 40 minute podcast i think what we did last week certainly we're on the mic for a long time the things we covered in that i mean i'm pretty sure we talked about the possibility of it not having exactly yeah. what we said and, yeah. and actually we said that we didn't know and we rely on experts yeah. but of course you can't squeeze all of that into a uh, into a one minute snippet of the video that we'd recorded. Um, And actually what it told was the bit that we did leave in, the bit that you put on your Property Empress TikTok account, wasn't it? Yeah. was what had the backlash because everybody else, well well, not backlash. It wasn't
1: really backlash. It was more just, I think actually they're going to go up a bit and Mm. stuff. But I did kind of point out that when you look at what the quote-unquote experts are saying, they're literally divided, they've got these industry experts it was some website they would got all these industry experts talking about what they thought was going to be happening and it was literally literally 50 literally literally <laughs> it was literally 50 50 as to what whether they thought it was going to stay whether they thought the base rates were going to increase so no and ultimately the market is uncertain at the moment some people mm-hmm. think it, the base rate is going to go up some people think they're going to stay you know, and, and I kind of, for me, and one of the things I said in a follow-up TikTok was that they were increasing base rates to try and bring inflation down. And actually for the first time, inflation is coming down. It's just, it wasn't coming down as quickly as they were hoping. So the Bank of England really have that decision to make, whether they keep putting interest rates up to drive down inflation, or whether they let it come, come naturally down. Because there was actually two of the nine committee at the last base rate increase. Two the nine committee actually said that they didn't want to increase base rates. So there are, you know, some people who are like, we don't want to over egg it or overcook it, you mm. know. So it's just, you know, it's just always it interesting that, yeah. you know, but on the Monday, just to kind of be really clear, what happened on the Monday that the podcast dropped was basically that the banks started whacking their rates that they started they actually started just rejecting people like you know like pulling their products basically i spoke to my mortgage broker there was also a really interesting video that i shared from a mortgage broker that we we follow one another and it was just really interesting and basically he said like at the end of last year all the rates went up yeah. and we, we referenced that actually last yeah. week didn't we and then they kind of like the rates went up they put the same thing they pulled the products and then they settled so again, I'm kind of like I think probably the same thing will happen. But you know, mm-hmm. if if in doubt, speak to a good mortgage breaker, find that advice for you. But it's just, I just thought it was worth mentioning. I think it's very interesting, like yeah. the timing that we, you know, we were aligned with everything, and then as it drops, all this uncertainty mm. came up. So.
0: But it shows anyone who's looking into investing and trying to understand the market just to keep your um, keep your eye out for what is happening because it can change. While we try and give the best information we can, the market changes all the time and things like interest rates in a volatile market can be a decision that's made fairly quickly. I mean relatively quickly, but it can be something that makes a swing from something being almost certainty to something being a complete untruth in a very short period of time and but in all honesty we don't know yet uh, what's going to happen it, it could be exactly what we said exactly. or it could go up could go up more or it could go down um, I mean there are the three options there anymore It <laughs> <that> can do <laughs> no, up, exactly. stay the same or go down it's our best bet from what we understand the market doing but it is important to keep an eye on things on a regular basis when you're making your decisions um, and having the right experts in place to take your advice from
1: and market-proof your portfolio absolutely. I need to and this is the thing it's like understand how to never navigate any market invest wisely invest in a in a way that you know can navigate anything where you've made an informed choice and then market proof like there's certain things and again I this is probably something we should go into more detail particularly soon probably yep. but there are certain ways you can market-proof your portfolio you can't get rid of all the risk but you can absolutely reduce the risk so for us just to give you some insight interest rates going up prices changing all this kind of thing it makes no difference to either of our portfolios we are investing this year knowing that there's uncertainty in the market and we're still investing so what we want to do with you guys is we want to show you how we invest so that you don't have to worry about short-term fluctuations you've got your eye on the long-term prize
0: absolutely it's a long-term well, I say games, not game, really, is it? <laughs> but it is a it is a long term strategy to employ a property. It, with all the fast movement in interest rates, it's it's not something you really dip in and out of in a few months. It's it's you're looking three, five, ten, maybe twenty years down the road. Um, property investment is a portfolio that should be setting you up for your life. It's not something. I mean, if you know how the portfolios, how property prices work, and um, you know that over time um, consistently they will go up in value Uh, and knowing that why would you employ a short-term panic strategy just based on what the short-term market does Um, knowing that it's in safe hands in the long term and it's the right way to the right way to look at it is to to look years down the line not just months
1: totally agree couldn't have said it better myself thank you (laughs) right
0: with that out (laughs) of (laughs) the way
1: with that all following on from that with that in mind yeah
0: So, yeah, talking strategy. Uh,
1: I love a bit of strategy.
0: We are fast approaching halfway through the year already. So those who haven't done anything so far in 2023 want to get started or are already in a position of investing and perhaps just trying to diversify, grow, change. What's your advice? What do you think is a good strategy what's your first strategy you would recommend to people in 2023 and the back end of 2023 as a property investor
1: i'm so excited to answer this question because i get all the time on my TikToks. i get people say buy don't work and i say they do work when you do it the right way when you invest wisely into buy they're an amazing strategy so very boring but buy selects, without a doubt, are still my favorite strategy. And that is because they are a long, exactly like you're saying, a long term passive income. But it is heavily caveated. Like three years ago, two years ago, when we had record breaking low interest rates and prices were going up and everyone's going, woohoo, anyone can make money in property. <laughs> even then i was going you've got to invest in the right area because again that's a short-term fluctuation that went in most people's favor now we're having short-term fluctuations that are going against most people yep. so again it, the heavy caveat is invest in buy sets but do it the right way so it is making being very clear on what your primary aim is like what your primary purpose is is it a monthly income are you looking to put your money into in property for it to go up over the long run Like what's the primary objective? And then find an area that suits that strategy. So most people, they're looking for cash flow. Most people are looking for a nice monthly passive income so that if that's the case, you need to be investing in the Midlands and North and you need to be buying the right property in the right area, do an area comparison, make an informed choice and invest in that area, get below market value properties. So through auctions, direct to vendor, through existing relationships, like build relationships with estate agents and get cheap properties, renovate them to add value. Ideally, put money in the property to get it up and running, pull the money back out again, and then just leave it to give you this beautiful income. Over the long run, they go up in value, re, you know, reduce your risk, use fixed interest mortgages, and we'll talk in another episode about how to market, like market preview portfolio. When you do that, again, buy to that's beautiful. Yeah. I've been doing, even recently, I've been doing buy to that numbers, and they still cash flow good 300 pounds a month net passive income which is still i think incredibly good you know um they're not what they were like four four 450 but this is for a hundred grand property so this is you know
0: yeah but this is money. what you said um about um mar- market protection in the future yeah so it's stress testing the portfolio um now we said we'll go into it in a bit more detail but it's probably important to talk about it now with the interest rates skyrocketing because we're so wrong about all august <laughs>
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just fine. I'm over it. <laughs> um,
0: I think uh, stress testing is really important. And even if we just touched it today, rather than going into detail, um, just looking at, um, I mean, what do you think? What do you think about stress testing? What would What would your advice be on that?
1: Well, no, you say first, because <laughs> okay. I I think I know what you're going to say, and then I want to add something else to that. Okay, but well, I might be wrong.
0: I'd be stress stress testing at probably a couple of percent above the uh current interest rate for your mortgage. Mm, um, not necessarily the interest rate of the um of the bank, but the interest rate of your mortgage itself. So if the mortgage then goes up, if you're on a flexi, uh you're out of um your fixed term, uh then the the price of the borrowing will go up each month and it's just making sure that your bills not were well not um not only covered by that with your rent coming in, but you're actually exceeding it to make a profit because nobody should be feeding your mortgage each month to, yeah. for a rental in a proper professional's buy-to-let portfolio. It's um, If you're putting money into it, it's not making you money and it's not good investment. Even um, if your strategy is capital appreciation, it's something that you, your capital appreciation, if you're putting money in each month, you're just chipping away at what you're earning over the long term. So you need to make sure that the investment itself is a cash flowing investment and that means making a positive amount at a higher percentage than you are paying at the moment um, to uh, mitigate any market changes in the future and that's what I think. Yeah.
1: In terms of practically how can you do that, if you follow me on TikTok, which hopefully everyone listening or watching does, I do buy set numbers in and I did Leicester as the last one. Mm. So I, you'll see that I go and look at what the current mortgages were. So I think I use like three point nine four percent for a two-year fixed-term mortgage. And I use two-year by the way, just because the idea is you want to refinance after a couple of years, pull your money back out, and then lock in for like five years. Because people always are like, why aren't you doing five years? And I'm like, because I want to refinance, pull my yeah. money out. But anyway, so I use like I think three point eight four, three point nine four percent. What Drew's talking about is just adding two extra percent, so like five point nine four, five point eight four. And if it's still cash flows in a way that works for you. So there's always people tend to have a biting point, 100, 150 mm-hmm. pounds, which doesn't, which sounds like, oh my God, is that all? But the idea is this is like worst case scenario. You know that actually it's likely to be, you know, 300 pounds a month or more, particularly as your rents go up. But it's just to make sure that you're not going to be, like Drew said, in the mm-hmm. negative cash flow. So if you're not sure, go to TikTok. For, again, I share the videos on Instagram as well. So if you're not yeah. on TikTok, on Instagram and Facebook. That's the stress test, 100% agree with that. Um, I would also add to that, when I'm also, when I talk about market proofing your portfolio, I'm talking about when you buy the property, exactly that, do the stress test. So say you're doing like, say you've got a two year fixed term mortgage or beyond that, the five fixed term. The idea is two situations. One, when the market moves a lot, like we've had in the last 12 months, review your portfolio, look at how the properties are performing, look at how, what their value is, their loan to value, review the properties individually, review the portfolio overall. And if you find you have, and I hate to say it, but dead wood in the portfolio, then you have to sell and replenish with ones that are working better. You might have a property that works brilliantly, but then as the market moves, mm. you're like, it just doesn't work. And we had this, we did this last yeah. year when the market started, everything started moving and we were like, what's going on? And we looked at it and we, saw, we ended up selling two buy to that and so we're replenishing them, replenishing with better performing properties. So if there's a big market movement, do that. But also, six months before you come to the fi- the end of your fixed-term mortgage, so if you have a five-year fixed-term, four and a half years in, or if you have a two-year, year and a half in, review your property. So we, in fact, we have this in a few months, don't we? We're mm-hmm. going to have a couple of properties that come into the end. So we're going to be sitting down, set a notification six months before the end, review the portfolio, look at the rates, which is going to be interesting. Mm. Like I need to check what the notification is. That we will have to sit down and go based on the current market rates the current mortgage rates is this property still gonna cash flow in a way that works for the portfolio if not you have six months to sell and replenish it with one that does and if it is okay then you can just refinance but it's 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 <coughs> thinking about it before you're forced to act on it and again we had a, a property that came out of a five-year term and we did that recently and because of the fact that we only pull the money out once, like we buy a property, refinance after a couple of years, pull the money out and then just let it build in the equity. The rent goes up and hopefully the mortgage stays. Even with the mortgage rates going up, it's still cash. I don't know the number. It cash flows incredibly well because it's about 50% known to value. Yeah. So there's so much you get. That's a sort of very quick summary. And we can go into maybe in, in more mm. detail at some point. that that was the summary
0: yeah
1: (laughs) i'm not very good at summarizing
0: well bear in mind with the equity value we've got now we we leverage as much as we can when we take out uh buy to let mortgage so we're always typically looking at 75 in fact that might have even been 80 percent that one because we were getting 80 percent at the time we bought those
1: no that was
0: one of the ones we bought around then was was that Uh, maybe yeah no no
1: it wasn't that one that was one of the ones that we sold right but I know which one yeah, to talk about. But we're, yeah, but like
0: because it was just, you know, there was a group all at the same yeah. around the same time, and that these are the ones that we're reviewing now. Um,
1: so when you basically when you so because we work with angel investors, we have to be able to pull enough money out to repay the initial investment. So we have on occasion gone to eighty, and I think one time went to eighty-five percent just to make sure we pulls all the money out with interest. With the eighty-five percent, because we refinanced like nine months after we bought it, mm. so we it meant we could repay the angels super quick, and then. As the prices go up, you can yeah. refinance on a seventy-five yeah. yeah. percent.
0: and then you look at two, three, four, five years down the line, and we're suddenly yeah fifty percent of it is ours outright. Um, mm. and that's just by carrying on on a, on long-term mortgages we've done. So, I mean, this is just standard buy-to-let stuff yeah. we do. Um, this isn't anything special. This is what you teach. This is what you're yeah. teaching on your on your but, courses. But and this stuff. is the
1: difference. I was doing a TikTok where, and again, I shared it across all the platforms. So I was like. <laughs> And I felt a bit mean doing it. I said, if I was an amateur investor, this is how I'd invest. Mm. And I kind of put in the comments, and I kind of said, look, I mean, this was so much love, but there is a way you can invest as, you know, one way, or you can do it professionally. And I've already had someone message me going, oh my God, I was about to start, and I was going to do exactly this. Like, Mm. What do I do as a professional investor? So there's a way you can do things so that you, again, market-proof, so that you're structuring your portfolio, giving yourself the income, reducing the risk. You Know so
0: when there's these market changes, it's not gonna be so painful anyway, yes. Um, so, uh, so buy to let, buy to let but done in the right way, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, buy to lets are your baseline. I love invest. buy to it's your baseline investment that really should always be looked at in any market and just finding a way because um it's your long term strategy. Um, but then with that said, you must have some other strategies up your sleeve for 2025, no, just, just buy to let, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: okay no Sorry, my other one okay so i will yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the end <laughs> the other one goes hand in i mean if you watch me on social media if you watch my lives you'll be so sick of me saying this but buy combined with rent essay mm. mm. love it love it as a strategy
0: now you're talking so yeah. now we're yeah. talking.
1: so do you want to share so do you agree with that actually do you agree with I, rent to essay in this market
0: oh i do i mean rent to essay any rent to rent products are really good when you're not sure what's happening rent with... to oshmo we'll come back to that <laughs> i would say yeah i would say any any rent to rent service at the moment certainly the way i do it works really really well because all we've talked about, what we talked about what we've had 20 minutes in now, what we've talked about the whole time, basically the interest rates of mortgages. And um, what don't you have with a rent-to-rent contract? A mortgage to pay. <laughs> it's rent. And what I do, I, I secure long-term contracts on all of my rentals. So that means at least three years, at least three. I've got five-year contracts that I'm currently working on with, with landlords who just want a regular income every single month. So those contracts are, they're secured. The amount I'm paying for the next five years is locked in. It's not going up, it's not changing. I know what I'm paying for the next five years for these deals. So I know that the market changes aren't gonna affect that. I know that doing a short-term rental and making the money per night, as long as I'm hitting the right targets there, then I can plan my strategy, and I can plan the income for the business for the next, potentially the next five years on some of the deals. Um, And the great thing about that as well is it's not just the rent is secured, it's also that the value of the night stays are gonna go up, it's gonna cost more. The more demand happens, um, for holidays particularly, if there's demand for certain areas, because some of the areas there are seasonal demands that I work with, and finding those seasonal demands Knowing that you can charge probably more next year than you can this year just means that the income for this deal, for this, for these deals you're doing, are just going to increase over time. So if you're looking for a solid, pretty predictable and safe, high flowing cash flow strategy, then yeah, rent to rent all day long. Yeah. And it's, as you already talked about this, this is what I'm doing at the moment. And the key notes to this is get them for as long as possible and find the key areas where you're investing and make sure you've got a very clear strategy in your target market so that you know who you're selling to and you know who's gonna be renting it. And that's what I do. Yeah,
1: beautiful. Do you know, I hadn't even thought actually, you just said that, you know, and I completely agree that when things get tight, inflation's gone up, you know, mm. with cost of living crisis and all that kind of thing, people have, people stay locally, they can't afford to go for mm. abroad. And I'd never thought about the fact that the market means that the cash flow dips a bit for Mm -hmm. the bisolets, but it goes up for the Airbnbs. Yes. And I was like, that's exactly what you want in two complementary strategies. You want where the market affects one, it will affect the other one in a positive way. Like if it affects it negatively, Mm. the other one is positive. I just love it. I love the Mm. two together. So the idea is that, yeah, the two together, you have the long-term growth, the passive income of the bisolets, and then with the rent-to-essay, you can maximize your income beautiful yeah it's good also i would also just add as well the vast majority of our landlords we have manifested landlords that don't have mortgages um so that again they're not affected so there are i know there's some that have been a bit affected by it but Mm -hmm. again we work with them and it's been Mm. absolutely fine it hasn't been an, an issue
0: yeah the, the the charge increases are often not mortgage rates because most most of these the easiest way these work in particularly in flats which is kind of a target specialty that I work with um the a lot of these is not um the mortgage at all because not having a mortgage makes it much easier to do makes it much more straightforward you don't have to there's another person you don't need permission from um service charges and ground rent are the moving factor for um landlords with flats um
1: have you found that the landlords with everything going on in the market has that pushed has that pushed those fees up for landlords have you noticed some
0: yeah yeah um uh, particularly the ones. that, I mean, it's, it's electricity costs, lighting, and maintenance oh, costs. Of course, and stuff yeah. Like that. So it's to do with um, the
1: build, the utilities. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One of the buildings is uh, centrally heated from the building itself, so they don't. It's not heated in the flats. They have a central like a generator, which is all part of the ground rent instead of the um, individual flats. So it keeps the prices in the property down. But the um, cost for the landlord is higher, yeah. um, so you have to take that into account. But this is all, you know, this is all mapped out. We make it very clear what we are offering, and, and it's not just about the maximising the money with something like this. It's about the convenience of being completely—I yeah. mean, completely—hands off for the for five years. Yeah, like imagine having a buy-to-let that you never have to worry about. And you know that your money's coming in on the first of every month or whatever the date might be. And that's what no it is. No maintenance costs. No. I mean, No I management
1: have costs. My contracts have... No tenants, no tenant regulations. No. Oh, it's amazing. It's very easy. Oh, very I love, easy. I don't I love know. property. I know
0: why every landlord's not doing it personally. Yeah. But then that's me. I'm on the other I've, side.
1: I've said that I, I like... Work. See, this thing, I like working with tenants and I like the experience. So I've always kind of said mm. I wouldn't personally do it but if at any point I was like, I don't want to deal with tenants anymore, I want, or I want to be totally hands off, like say we want to go world schooling the kids or something, mm. I would 100% work with a rent to rent management company. Yeah,
0: I mean, um, I never charge my tent, my landlords for any maintenance. I, I pay know. For myself. They're very lucky people. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's it's proper repairs, but mm. you know, it, it, this it's part of it. it keeps the rent at the we're keeping the rent at the same time. I don't mind paying a few hundred here and a few hundred there. It all comes out of general maintenance, which is accounted for anyway each month, so um it's just about planning and knowing what to do. so yeah, um, any landlords out there who are sick and tired of turnover every <laughs> yeah. six months? How about a five year contract with us? <laughs> um, so yeah, i mean we'll we'll do one on rent to rent, I'm sure
1: we definitely will
0: um does this count i mean i've bleated on for about 10 minutes doing this no
1: it's good <laughs> no but the, the, this is why you're no it's very relevant because you're mm. explaining why it's such a good strategy it in really this is. market yeah, I mean, it really works. so the increase i mean i know you talked about that particular flat which i freaking love by the way <laughs> the fact that it's always like because i hate being cold and yeah. i like the fact that that flat's always nice and warm the increase in bills like the cost of living hasn't had a massive impact on your airbnb business um
0: i mean it has affected of course um the, the bills have gone up incredibly high in the last 12 months. Um, so that does affect cash flow, but it, it, it's like any landlord. the, the ca- Those costs get passed on. It just means my rents have gone up. It just means if you look anywhere, if you're going on holiday and you need a weekend away and you get on Airbnb or you go on booking.com, you'll just see the prices are higher than they were last year. This is how people get around it. The The worst affected are the common user and the tenants for any kind of gas, electricity, energy hikes at all. Um us landlords just we just do we get around it by doing that. I mean the the more generous ones and the more compassionate ones will just find a, a kind of happy medium where they'll say, so Well look, we'll we'll split this, we'll take some of this, but the rent's gotta go up a little bit because it's just not covering. But it just gets passed down, unfortunately, when you're bottom of the chain it's um it's a really difficult place to be. So what strategies in 2023 would you avoid? What would you recommend people stay away from investing in at this current market?
1: HMOs. Right, why is that? Because for so many reasons, HMOs were always, they were so popular at one point. And it was always like they were the alternative to buy to let. You could get the same house, you know, you could buy three bedroom, two reception room, two two downstairs reception rooms by the same house rent it to a family for 500 pounds a month or you could turn the downstairs reception one of the downstairs reception rooms into fourth bedroom rent the rooms individually for 350 pounds a room and get significantly higher uh, you know income for the same property it was like this wow amazing and then everyone wanted hmos people wanted big hmos us included we got a 10 bedroom hmo yeah. um and then they were like oh there's too many hmos so they bought in um what's called section, also called, article four areas. So if you're going to convert a regular house into an HMO in a very built up HMO area, you have to get planning permission, the council had to give you permission. So it's been through an interesting journey, but basically everyone loved them because you could get higher cash flow. So fast forward to 2023 where, because usually when you're renting the room, because you, because you can't, like, if you imagine you've got three people in three different bedrooms or four, including the downstairs one, you can't split a gas bill. You can't split an electricity bill. So you tend to include the bills. Um, and we're literally talking to someone at the moment, aren't we? He has an eight-bedroom HMO in London. Right, yeah. And the, it's a double whammy. Of mortgage rates going up, so this particular chap, his mortgage was three. I mean, he's got a very small mortgage for London, um, but he's owned the property for an awfully long time. But he's got he had a three hundred pounds a month mortgage that's gone up to thousand pounds a month. On top of that, all the bills, like you said before, have gone through the roof. I mean, I don't think anyone is not feeling the pinch of the bills. So the double whammy just means that it just doesn't work. Like it just doesn't work for all the extra cost and agro. But it also never, it was also a little bit tricky because with buy slates, you could buy the buy property, structure it so you can refinance, get your money back. HMOs, it's much harder to do for various reasons. And typically, you normally really have to refinance twice get all your money out. There's so much more regulation with it, quite rightly. It's a big, it's an increased fire risk, but it's just a bit of a ball ache for want of a better word. And now, but it was the idea was you get better cash flow, but now you don't even get that. So if you go on Rightmove, I mean I've seen it in Northampton they are flooding the market, and of course, they there's also this thing about the valuation of HMOs. When you're refinancing, you can value it as a commercial property, and actually it's not the case. If the lender can just dismantle it and sell it as a family home, mm. they would anyway. So a different thing. But what I'm noticing is they're being sold cheap yep. because the landlords are like, I just want rid of it. Mm. They're going through auction cheap, just want rid of it. So it's flooding the market, and they just you know i haven't done the numbers but from what i can gather and and just knowing the market i just don't think that it's a lot of extra hassle and work and you just don't get as good a cash flow they probably do cash flow but not that much more than vice that's probably
0: it's probably just ending its um its wave at the moment um it's not to say that regulations won't change in the future and they'll become more relevant again um but it's Yeah, what's happened is that they've been. Everyone has done this strategy, and it's really yeah saturated the market. And then suddenly the demand's not there for them, Um, so they're trying to sell them off. But then it's at the point where everyone's selling them off. So there's like you have anyone who's trying to buy a property like that has their pick. And if they want to convert it into something else from that, then they go for the one that works best for their you know financial the structure financially. Um, rather than picking the best quality one because if they're stripping it down anyway they don't want it at high end it doesn't matter um, they want something that they can get for the best price that works for whatever they're converting it to and most likely it's a big house than more more than a, um, a split room strategy that's what I would say with that
1: the, do you know the only way I do HMOs and this is what I was thinking about doing at one point is I would buy a student HMO. So I know that I'm not making anyone homeless, that they're moving out and I'd convert it into flats. I'd split them up because usually they're on suite and stuff. So it'd be easier to split into flats. You can then add like value to it. So you could get a cheaper HMO that's kind of already roughly as a flat. And then, yeah, basically, um, if you can split it, like convert them into flats, that will then force the value up um that but also the not making people homeless is a a thing that Mm -hmm. is important to me so that's if i was going to do hmos i'd buy hmos and then turn them into flats (laughs) basically
0: i mean i'd rent them and rent the rooms
1: oh yeah Uh, oh yeah airbnb actually it's a really good
0: point it would work if the um if it it was it's got to be the right location and i've got to know what demographic i'm targeting for it i got to know who wants to rent in that place and um uh, and then target those with the marketing. But um, certainly, you could rent them from landlords yeah. as one strategy. But yeah, not not to buy could, and do at the moment, I don't think.
1: Because we're talking to someone sort of at the moment, the London HMO, we're looking at turning into a rent to SA. Gosh, we can we can really talk about yeah. a property. <laughs> it's going to
0: be a long series, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe I I should stop because this is your platform. Then it's uh, me be asking you more questions and I stop stop chipping in.
1: Saying that just because it's the Property Empress podcast, Mm -hmm. but it's like you are kind of what's there? There's that saying like behind every successful woman, a tribe of successful women cheering her on. It's the same kind of thing here with us. No, I'm not calling you a woman by the way.
0: I thought I was more of a (laughs) smee to your Captain Hook. (laughs) Okay.
1: Oh my God, that's a horrible reference. (laughs) But no, it's good, and I think it's really because obviously we talked about rent essay. It's so 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 good to hear you talk about that. You're living and breathing rent essay at the moment. It's
0: early in the morning and late at night. Yeah, <laughs> apparently.
1: <laughs> but no, that's great. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, everybody. Um, and uh, yes, so the, this so episode four next week. Um, we've talked a little bit last week about the episodes we we're going to be covering in this series uh, and the particular subjects. Uh, next week we had a little talk about the next one in line and we think that the landlord reforms would be an appropriate one to cover right now.
1: It's ter- Yeah, it's tenant reform bill that has come out this month, like a, I think about a week or a week or two ago. Yeah. There's a lot going on.
0: Yeah, seems relevant at the moment. Let's cover it before it becomes out of date. <laughs> out of date like our mortgage advice. Um,
1: we do, We're not giving mortgage advice.
0: <laughs> of course not.
1: By the way, no legal, financial, mortgage, or tax advice was given today.
0: No, nope. but next week we'll do we'll do the reforms. The
1: renters reform.
0: Renters reform is what it's called.
1: We'll go through what the different because there's a few different areas. We'll we'll summarise what it is and and how we're going to adapt our portfolio.
0: But that's it for today. I hope you've got some good insights um, into what to do now for 2023. If you've been sitting on your hands waiting for us to <laughs> broadcast it, then now you know. Um, so get out there, get your buy to lets and some uh, rent to rents going. And stay away from HMOs, apparently.
1: (laughs) Before we finish, we do just need, if they need to, if they'd like to contact us, if anyone listening or watching would like to contact us, then how would they do so? Well,
0: they go to the Property Empress website. You're also on TikTok as Property Empress and Instagram. uh, You've got Facebook page as well and youtube
1: and if you are enjoying the new series then a five-star re- review on the different platforms like i think spotify do it i, I think apple podcast as well a five-star re- review would be greatly appreciated thank you so much and if you're not enjoying it i'm so sorry
0: <laughs> no 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 i'm sorry because we all know why that would be
1: <laughs> no not at all it's been really fun recording i've enjoyed it we definitely talk much more <laughs> then we yeah. probably need to
0: i got too much to say
1: i know i think that's the problem yeah there's so See much that. to say yeah. no no but both of us we've got both got a lot to say about when it comes <laughs> to property
0: thank you so much everybody thank nice you we will be back next week and look forward to um seeing you all there
1: bye, bye.